Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup, Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. We back, we back, we back. It's been a while. I apologize for that. Um, you know, life and things. Uh, Thursday, we had the Detroit game. We kind of watched it. I don't think anybody was available, though. Um, I got it and already watched it. It was not a great game. Then we had mm-hmm. Saturday against Boston. I don't know about you guys. We were having a housewarming party because we are finally all moved into our new place. So we had a couple friends over. That was nice, but uh, didn't watch the game. From what I heard, it was tough to watch. So I'm kind of, you know, glad didn't sit through that one. And um, then tonight I was at work, so I just got home. So I'm going to be deferring to my co-host here. Welcome back to Leafs Late Night. I'm joined by Steph, Beaner, and Darty Broder. We got the gang here presented mm-hmm. by Inside the Rink. Hey, guys. Thanks for helping me out because, uh, like I said, couldn't watch the game, but we have other things to talk about <laughs> as well. And I can always uh, lead things here, right? So um, I think we should briefly touch on the Detroit game. Uh, it was not great. Darty, you want to you wanna take this one? Cool. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I mean, it's been... I'm just like that kid that... I've got that, that kid in the back of the class who's just like, he's got his feet up on his desk and he's all of a sudden teachers like you answer the question. Pop Pop quiz. Quiz. No. Like, oh, uh, no, it was <laughs> um, from what I remember, they tied it up. Uh, Sandine had the goal and then it was kind of just downhill from there. Um, they tried to pull the goalie didn't work. And then they let in another goal with you know less than a minute left or something like that. Uh, if I recall correctly, wasn't a great game. Uh, we still had some weak performances from uh, some of the D there and some so-so tending. So, and the power play was still weak. Yeah. From what I can recall, because I also missed the game, but caught the highlights, uh, Bobby McMahon scoring his first uh, NHL oh. goal called back. Oh, of course. This is the thing we needed to talk about. So there was the kick, the kicking motion that wasn't a kicking motion. So he kicks it and it goes off of, he kicks it towards his own skate away from the net and i know everybody's heard a bunch about this so we won't spend a ton of time here but bobby mcmahon kicks the puck to his stick but instead it goes off of a detroit player and into the net now again bobby mcmahon is kicking this away from the net not towards the net and even on the panel at the intermission they said if this had gone off of a stick and not a skate from detroit and gone in the net it would have counted and honestly i get it they called the rule as it's written that is the stupidest description of how this should be called. Like, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Beaner, am I crazy? Um, well, okay. Yeah. Like, not crazy. I'm, I'm thinking back to the thing that happened where, what are my options, where Riley had the puck like clipped out of his hand. And it's like, yes, we're calling this by the rule book, but is that really like, are we not going to use any, you know, context here for what's going on? Like, did that really change whether this goal was going to go in? You used the wrong word when you said context. This is Gary Bettman's world, so you should have just said, you know, can we use any common sense? Yeah. There you go. Um, <laughs> like, You're searching for a problem that doesn't exist. <laughs> um, technically, it's the right call. I don't agree with it. I'm, like, that being said, if you put it the other way, 
that that third goal in that Devils game wouldn't have been called back. I was right? just going to say the Devils game is what is going to come back, though, if any Leaf fan says that shouldn't have counted. I don't yeah. think mm-hmm. all of those should have been called back in the New Jersey game. I think it was fucking hilarious that they had three called back. But yeah, the second one in the Devils game for sure was a was a no goal. And then the third one, obviously, because of the rule was. But that one should be allowed. In my opinion, as long as the skate blade stays on the ice, kick it, direct it, deflect it, whatever. Yeah, because, like, I mean, we saw, who was it on the Leafs years ago who had the hat trick with no stick? And they had to kick it all the way up the ice. He had it, like, he had lost his stick and managed to get the puck and, and kicked it all the way to the goalie. But then was like, I can't take a shot because I can't kick it into the net. I can kick it all the way to the goalie, but I can't score because nothing that I do here is going to count. Like, I, it's just so stupid. Yeah. Well, another highlight from the night too, Rasmus Sandin scoring his third of the year, which is always a good sign from our D because, you know, our D doesn't score that often. And I guess, you know, Detroit gets their first win in 10 games first Toronto. So got to get them something. I, I, get, I guess this is kind of predicted as well, especially Saturday coming up uh, previously, and it's going to be Boston. So in regular Leaf fashion, you would expect a loss with a lower tier team and a win versus Boston. Sorry, I found it. It happened. Dominic Moore and uh, Jason Blake in 2009 mm. had a breakaway and Dominic Moore had no stick and he had to kick it over to Jason Blake because he's like, fuck, I can't shoot. But- oh my God. Yo, Fanalist, I think it's important to mention that it was you said it was his third of the year, but he's also the third star of the game, which I thought was pretty cool, <laughs> considering how shite of a game that was. Yeah, honestly, Lily and Sandine have been finding really solid game on the back there, especially when they're not, I don't want to say protected on a third line, but like they're, the responsibility is a little lower and where it should be for guys with their experience. And I think they're excelling in that responsibility and that role. Um just sucks that Sandine was out with what the flu tonight. Yep. There's a bug going around the room and Holmberg still has it. McMahon was out on Saturday versus uh, Boston with it. And tonight Ben was in because of the bugs. So everyone's taken a turn and <laughs> they're able to show what they have to bring to the table. Um, speaking of uh, a flu going around, did you guys hear what the new sub variant of COVID is called? <laughs> Yes, but Kraken or something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Jesus, are you serious? (laughs) Seattle's like, are you guys serious? Meanwhile, Corona beers like, guys, don't even get in line. (laughs) Man, Delta Airlines too. (laughs) Corona was off the shelves when the pandemic hit. You couldn't find any Corona beer to buy because it was such a popular hit. This is such a random thought, but anyways, (laughs) good times because. Yeah, we buy. Yeah, so hoping this bug doesn't uh, rip through the rest of the team and that they've, you know, started to isolate people and maybe take this a little seriously. I hope it's nothing more serious than uh, they're leading it on to be. And anyway, I'm just, I'm just a conspiracy theorist for hockey players definitely having gotten COVID besides Patrick Line. Like he can't be the only one in the last like year that's gotten it. Right. Right. But another plus too. Isn't it so strange too that? Uh, oh, sorry, nope, Steph. Go ahead. Because we we're, we're going back in the games, right? We're not specifically jump because we were yeah. away. Like I was mentioning to Johnny before the show started that uh, you know we're not. We should change the name from Leafs Late Night to Leafs. We'll get to them when we get to them. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll get there when we get there. But yeah, so we were talking back at like the Detroit game, right? And uh, now we're talking about COVID. And uh, uh, Detroit has a player on that team who uh, hates COVID and uh, loves America. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? Uh, Bertuzzi, not the one that fucking broke that guy's neck but uh the other one that's all like why does he have to why does he have to also be like in the news you know like what's with these what's with these bertuzzi <laughs> these bertuzzi kids you know oh it's like it comes but, with uh, the name you gotta be a villain but yeah he this he he was off the score sheet in that game but uh you know it's just hearing about covid and then hearing about getting sick and all that like it's just still kind of leaves a sour taste in, in my mouth thinking that you know like some of these guys still don't take that stuff seriously. Like I'm not trying to force anybody to go get any vaccines or anything, but it just, it just seems like really sad that a lot of these guys are, you know, they're supposed to be big um, role models and there's still a bunch of freaking knuckleheads in the end. Um, just because this episode now on Spotify has already been tagged with COVID uh, links and information. Cause we've talked about it. Might as well just finish this <laughs> off. There's more sicknesses. I'm not saying it was, he said it's not COVID, but uh, today was the first game that our intro announcer and uh, and public service announcer for the the Toronto Maple Leafs, Mike Ross, was out tonight with an illness, unfortunately. So uh, hoping Mike gets better and is available for the next game. Wishing him the best and a speedy recovery. First time in his Leafs career, he's placed on IR. I'm Poor wow. Yes. Do we get any cap relief for that? So our. <laughs> Our relief tonight in general was the Toronto Marlies PA announcer who's been working since 2008, uh, Simon wow. Bennett. So definitely the same... have the guns to back it up. Uh, yeah, good good on him. If his, if his law skills are as good as his TV uh, counterpart, then I think he might be able to find some cap space. <laughs> Imagine. 2008, but, uh, also the year that uh, this 14-year-old Lu- Luposhanova, this girl, oh my god, uh, was born. So uh, <laughs> that's crazy. I I was wondering if one of you guys were going to bring her up. Man, we'll get to that because we got to talk about that. Because yeah, uh, holy shit, we'll get there when we get when there. we get there. Um, so well, I mean, Boston was Boston. I feel like it was kind of a. Uh, frustrating game um exposed a lot of the demons i guess you know it kind of felt flashbacky so uh we can we can just move on and talk about tonight so the florida panthers who <laughs> last year were like the bruins this year yeah, and yeah. just had every record in the books um just in the bag i mean and um we had huberto breaking the what was it the most points for a winger or most assists for a winger or something like that. Um, yeah, he most... made a Florida history, I believe, with uh, most assists in franchise history and points as well. I, but I think it was most points by a winger ever, wasn't mm. it? Why are you going to say winger like you're the principal from Community? It's good. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody looked that up and confirmed because I'm pretty sure he broke some stupid record like that last year. But anyway, the Panthers were just an absolute wagon and now it seems like this trade has really shaken up the panthers and the flames um this huberto Uyghur kachuk thing i thought this would make both teams kind of the same as they were last year like just it was kind of a one for one in my mind but it seems like the adjustment has taken longer than both teams had hoped and they're kind of both sitting in the same place the the panthers and the flames it's fighting for a wild card spot so the expectation tonight was uh, the 
the potential is obviously there from the Panthers, but they've just really not been playing up to it this year. So what did you guys want to see from tonight after, you know, two losses that Leafs Nation was uh, not taking well? Steph, what about you start? I obviously just wanted the Leafs to come out hard. Uh, wanted Murray to bounce back. Uh, Florida's 10, 14, and 1 on the road. And this is our first meeting of three this year. And obviously the former pr- President's Trophy winners, uh, we, we want to make a statement in our own division. And tonight, I had a feeling it wasn't going to be easy. And Bob is either super hot or just out of whack <laughs> no in between no it seems kidding. and tonight he was super super hot so i'm just glad the, the leafs were toe-to-toe kept it up got that um that goal uh, when it was 4-2 you know as we say uh, next goal wins sort of thing so yeah gotta shout out uh my dad out of ed's text 4-2 he always says next goal wins and uh you know he said it was texted me tonight said it was a rough game but your mom loves willie <laughs> William Nylander is my mom's favorite player. He's, nice. He can do no wrong to her. Um, quick, quick question for Darty here: Who, who do you think is a better goalie tandem, like right now, um, Spencer Knight and uh, Bobby, or um, our uh, our two guys uh, who had a little, you know, <laughs> Sammy and uh, and Murdoch? I'd say it's if you want more consistency, I'd say the Leafs tandem i'd say you're more your ceiling and floor are higher and lower with florida but i think your your median is definitely higher with the leafs tandem yeah because you would think that the leafs have the world's shittiest goalies next to, i guess you know having to pull murray and putting samson on bid i guess you get a benefit because samson was not playing the whole game right but but you know if you have to actually compare our our tendy tandem to florida florida is like everybody seems to think that the sky is falling with the leafs right like our guys are gonna have bad games like they're not always gonna win like 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 fucking what's his name dangles like losing his shit the entire game me i was pretty calm i was like you know what this is like dirty january like these these are the the whose line of whose lines anyways of games right like nobody really cares like get to the fucking all-star break and then we'll see what happens like call me crazy that's how i feel about these games they're they're just kind of boring like I'm not gonna base my entire um, perspective of the Leafs off of lose, you know, a January meltdown. Like one crappy Florida Panthers. Yeah, game. look, they've got some weird injuries. People coming back. Like we've been talking about this. People are adjusting to coming back in new roles now that they've, you know, everybody's reclaiming their spots and people are adjusting to new responsibilities and lessened and heightened and all, all of that. Like it's it's a weird time mid season right now. And yet Dangle's been talking like the sky's falling. Exactly. Uh, I just listened to their show and he, I don't know. I don't want to get into it too much, but it's a little too serious from their end. And I think it's, I agree with you. There's, there's not too much to panic about here. Like we've seen the best season from, from Nylander and Marner so far. I mean, Tavares is back on his game. Matthews is playing, uh, you know, the 200 foot game that he hasn't in the last couple of years. It's, there's not much to be mad about this year. We have better goalies than last year. Like I just, I'm just kind of waiting for the playoffs at this point now that it's kind of set unless the Leafs go on an absolute tank show or I don't know. I don't see any way that the standings change drastic enough that that the Leafs don't just play Tampa in the first round anymore, which thanks Bettman for game 43 being the fucking final answer. But yeah, Bean, go ahead. Where are you five? You, you know why Dangles like that? Why? Hey. You, know who, you know who employs him now? The Athletic. Sportsnet. <laughs> Sportsnet, yeah. Now too. 
right? Like, well, he's always and, worked and for them, I didn't, but I think their podcast I, is technically part of the athletic, but. And I, I didn't know that uh, Darty's turned into Anthony Stewart with saying we have the worst goaltending tandem in the league. <laughs> I didn't say that. I was actually trying to boost them. I was like, I know, to- I know, I'm being <laughs> I hope, asked. I hope, I hope nobody, I hope nobody got that uh, out of that. that. That's the point I was trying to make. Was that like you know people said like I don't think Bob and Knight are that much better, right? And uh, yeah, our guy, yeah, Murray shit the bed tonight. But really, did he? Like it was four two and they pulled him. You know, look at Jack Campbell. Like I don't know how he did tonight, but considering how he's done most of this season, you know, I think we got off with like having to pull Murray on a four two. You know, I don't know. I'll call me crazy. So, Bean, I want to toss this to you. So, four goals on eight shots. What I didn't get to see this. Um, the only thing I've been able to see in the 20 minutes since I got home uh, is Dryden Hunt's goal. So, what happened? <laughs> Positionally, he, he, he wasn't where he was supposed to be. I don't know if maybe something's been tweaked. Like, he was favoring it looked like he was favoring his right side a little bit not like wincing or painful or anything like that but he was over committing to that side which a a lot of goalies if you're if you've got a very strong glove hand you kind of do that anyways to goat someone at a going glove side but it almost looked like he was going a little too far so it, it could be anything right it could be confidence could be the bug going around it could be starting to get him um but definitely an off night yeah Frege in the first intermission second intermission they were breaking down murray's play and pretty much saying that teams have figured it out that he leans to one side so he's guaranteed to be soft like top cheese like apparently if he's screened just a little bit he's known to lean to the blocker side and these analysts are picking that up in one period i'm sure the scouting staff for these teams have figured it out as well because it's the same kind of trend uh three of the goals tonight were very very similar uh on how they were let in on murray and it could be that it, it could be the bug. It, we're just speculating. But the thing with that is like everyone's, you know, they were going on and on about that kind of thing tonight. Okay. People have been saying that about goaltenders forever. That used to be the, the one of the knocks on Reimer, right? He didn't make the saves. He just blocked shots. He had a horrible glove, yada, yada, yada. Well, the guy's still playing in the NHL. Yeah. If he was that bad, he wouldn't be there anymore. We're not talking about uh, Garrett Sparks or Ben Scrivens. Like <laughs> Murray's been there. He's, he's he's done it. And when it comes down to it, we had a very long stretch of time where both these guys were incredible this year. For sure. Yes, you need a little bit of a market correction because they're not going to keep at some point were they like 920 or 930 save percentages like just insane yeah i mean the team average i think was sitting at 916 which is like still really good they you expect them to go down to a team average of like you know 908 probably especially with having the defense and you know what out. i'd be really happy with that because we weren't getting that last year from jack no and i think they've been doing a really good job of keeping dangerous shots away from the goalies and like I mean, look, tonight the Leafs had almost 40 shots and they kept Florida under 20. Um, I mean, I was I think if it stayed at it, I saw 36 to 18 was the last shot counter. Um, what was what was the final? 
Final was 37 to 37, 19. 19. Yeah. So they, they <clears throat> managed to at least keep the shots down. So that, that helps a little for when even last year, like when we said your goalies are under 900, but you're still winning games. Like that's how you do that. Yeah, what doesn't help is when the first shot on net goes in and it happens to be 68 seconds into the game. Um, No goalie is going to be confident after that. I mean, you want to get hyped up and the way to do that as well is to clap right back, which the Leafs were fortunate to do as well on their first shot of the game, just like first Boston. So you just got to keep the foot on the pedal because we all know how that could go. But for Hagee on that first goal, literally finding the puck off the walls, um, Ekblad like freeing up the puck, leaning right in the shot. No one saw it coming. I think Murray, they were saying everyone was just shocked. Like the crowd was just like, oh, oh, shit. (laughs) They scored. (laughs) But so happy for Dryden Hunt. Yeah. So I'll take this one quickly just because I actually watched this. So Morgan Riley um, does all the work on this one and then gets nailed as he sends it over right to the net where Dryden Hunt pokes it in, barely had to do anything, and he gets nailed too. So this leads us to a little quick part of a question here from Mike the Fanatic. Was this Morgan Riley's best game since coming back from injury? I mean, if people are talking like that, even without watching it, I can say... Probably because all the other games have been pretty bad. So the bar is not very high. Yeah. Oh, I have to agree. Um, He definitely was the lead hand in many of the plays tonight. Um, I found for the Boston game specifically, having Timmons by his side didn't really help because a couple of those plays led to goals on, for example, when Ingvall loosened the puck to Timmons to Riley got broken up and two on one the other way, like just little careless things. But yeah, I don't know. Guys, Hunt, I just got to say before I forget, scored in or um, for each of the three teams he's uh, been on this year, Colorado, New York, New York Rangers, and Toronto, 1-1-1. Damn, good for him. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And is it just... Is that some sort of obscure record or no? No. <laughs> <laughs> scoring just with, rare. Scoring with three different teams in the same year. That's, I mean, not too many people, I think, could say they've... The last one to do it was Kovalchuk. Oh, Ooh. wow. What were the three teams? Kobe. That should have been, wouldn't it have been like LA, Montreal, Washington or something like that? I forgot. He was on Montreal. Yep. I totally forgot about that one. Holy. That dude bounced around a lot at the end. Did they still have Kovalev at the time too? <laughs> no. But They can't have two people on the team that aren't going to skate. No. But are we are we going to actually argue that this is Morgan Riley's best game? Like, yes, I guess. But like, I'm not going to sit here and, and praise mediocrity. Like, he had a lot of shit moments that, that weren't any better than his his previous, I guess, engagements. And um, I guess if you had to hide it with all the other shit moments that happened this game, like again, we won. That's great. I said I'm not. If we're, I, I'm still going to be analytical. I'm not going to start sitting here and talk about the sky's falling. But you know, I'm not going to sit here and also praise these guys for what was a pretty piss poor effort in you know you know in, in individual teamwork 
there's little sections of shit everywhere. So like, it's like a Jackson Pollock painting. Like <laughs> at the end of it all, it's beautiful. It's worth a lot of money, I guess, but it still just looks like shit on on canvas. So, so um, if we had to give Morgan Riley praise, I guess. But uh, man, these guys played like you know him and a bunch of them played really lazy at at, at times. It could have been important in this game. That like I said like we're lucky we won. Like I don't know. Like it's just. That's why Steve Dangle is freaking out right now, right? Because this was kind of a shit game, <laughs> and the effort was not there for a lot of it. But it's a it's a mid January game that, even though they weren't playing the best, even though there's something going through the locker room, you know they're they're going through that the dark days of winter slump. They were still able to come through and 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 pull out a win. They didn't just pull out one point; they pulled out the full two and that doesn't happen very often for a lot of teams, let alone for the team that we've all fallen in love with. Right. <laughs> yeah. And for Riley, honestly, on this play, I'm just glad he sent that puck to the net. Uh, the puck went off uh, Hunt's toe. Like, at so many points of this game tonight, I was just yelling shoot at the TV. I felt like the Leafs really hung on the the puck and was looking for specific lanes especially when they were down four to two and i'm like oh my god and you're on your what fifth sixth seventh power play and you just want them to shoot something which later we'll get to it finally works right but i'm under the philosophy that you should send the pucks to the net because you never know it could go off someone's head for example could go off a pad and then you get a rebound so leafs definitely sometimes just drive me freaking crazy <laughs> just say that steph you said it went off of his foot so we should have called that back right because it's definitely kicking <laughs> right um yeah no this to this time around thankfully not but hey good on him first one as a leaf and yeah like despite the fact that it wasn't the best we still pulled the points out and there were still glimpses. There were still things to be, you know, that we can build off of. Sammy coming in in relief played his ass off. Yeah. He played unreal, multiple really difficult saves. It wasn't just a routine. Okay. We got a new goalie. It woke the boys up and everybody played better defensively. Like he had to make key saves. Johnny T with the, vintage 2007 2008 world juniors friggin rush deacon through people and trying for the wraparound like i haven't seen that in a decade right what feels like a decade and this first period alone so much was going on i mean the leaves were on one two three power plays before the shit storm of power play opportunities arrived where we were on four on three four on four five on four and it's like what is going on at this point and lo and behold you know marner the officials tonight i i know we complain about at least i feel like i complain about them a lot they were horrible for yes. both teams tonight. Yeah, thanks for taking that there, guys. Just got a work call. Um, but this again, Mike the Fanatic, um, last part of his question, can we take a second and try to figure out what is going on with the officiating at the NHL level? Uh, also, we had Steve Dangle saying that the, I'm just paraphrasing off of what I remember his tweet was, but it was something along the lines of um, the, um, we just gave a ton of fans to baseball, basketball, and soccer just by, like not, 
by the championships that those teams in Toronto have won, but by how badly this game is officiated and how bad the NHL officiating in general has been this year. And Mike Stevens said something same on Twitter. So, you know, every side of, of Leafs Twitter is, is in agreement that this has been horrible. Ken Campbell, who um, I, I don't think he's still with them, but was formerly with the Hockey News, he tweeted out that all anyone was talking about in the press box tonight was how bad the officiating was, like both teams. Yeah, it, it wasn't like, a, oh, you know, someone got the calls tonight. It was like, Jesus, these are bad calls. Yeah, I do have to applaud. I know this is going to sound weird. Some calls because tonight we had William Nylander getting a penalty shot and also just the start of the whole shit storm, JT driving the net and getting tripped. Like so many times we see this happen and there's no call or like it doesn't result in a penalty shot or it doesn't go in the Leafs favor. And of course, you know, off this first power play opportunity for Florida, they score or sorry, for us, power play opportunity, or third, sorry, oh my god, I'm all over the place because there's so many. Barkov, shorthanded breakaway. Guys. No, Lundell got the shorthanded one from Barkov. Off the pad, rebound, Lundell scores, just sending those pucks to the net as something that drove me nuts. (laughs) As you were on the phone, Johnny, I was just talking about it. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, But yeah, I'm just... (sighs) We had no no former friends, as they say, scoring tonight. No ex-Leafs. But, um, so that's, that's just like a small little thing to take away. <laughs> Actually, Verhege was drafted by the Leafs. Are you... And Dryden Hunt yeah. was a undrafted Fucking... pick by Florida. Well, that's fun. But yeah. I've totally... Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. I take it back. Yeah. <laughs> but dude he's born in Verhage's from Toronto are you joking yeah he's a Toronto boy <laughs> fuck I take it all back I take it all back way to screw that up yeah Johnny. that's my walk it back uh sorry I'm screwed up by my call I got there uh okay so where did you guys leave off have we mounted a comeback yet <laughs> So Kerfoot scoring on the power play to tying it all up. Honestly, no We're one had it on in there. Kerfoot, guys, Kerfoot. we got to speed this up. I know. <laughs> we got to get to I'm other. I'm so shit. sorry. Damn. <laughs> Who had Kerfoot and Hunt scoring the first two goals tonight? Nobody. Nobody except somebody reached out on Twitter after I tweeted nobody, and they had it all planned out. So kudos to you if Wait, you're listening. What? Like yes. picked on Tim's somebody. picture? Like tweeted these guys tweeted. are scoring. Oh my God, like, what? What is the tweet and who is it? Shout them out, please. Oh that is insane. Oh my God, I have to find it. Sorry, there's a lot going on. I will, I'm finding it. I'll bring it up in one sec. Ah! She finds it. But yes, it's literally just it like Nostradamus. Just <laughs> and... Okay, so first SC Morgan asks, who had Hunt and Kerfoot as the two bud scorers? And then... um. Shit, where did it go? Somebody responded and was Prediction like, Prediction season, baby. Oh my god. Now, of course, I'm not going to be able to find it. I'll oh, get okay. back to you guys. It was Happy Gilmore. So if, if you guys had to guess, who were the top three players tonight for expected goals percentage for the Leafs? If I had to guess without having watched the game? <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that you, you're really at an unfair disadvantage here. I'm going to say... I was going to say Willie just for the hell of it. Well, like Zach Aston Reese... Austin Matthews and John Tavares. 
McMahon, Engvall, and Austin Reese. What the fuck? I'm just guessing oh, Austin close, Reese because he had four closely shots. Closely by Hunt goal. and Camp. Now, that McMahon's is, is likely a little bit skewed because of his low ice time. Mm-hmm. Like, he did make himself noticeable when he was out there, but he did only play nine minutes tonight. Yeah, and two shots um, on goal and a hit in that time is uh, impressive. It's hard to do anything I've in that re- amount of time. Like, I've been really happy with what I see him do when he's out there. Like, I'm not expecting him to go out there and pot 30 goals. But when he's out there, he's making an effective use of his time. Mm-hmm. Be it driving the net, carrying play around the boards, like breaking up a pass, beating defenders to pucks. And he has the size that he has no hesitation whatsoever. So he can just get in there and people aren't going to knock him off the puck and chip it back to the blue line. You know, the, the silly little things that we need to do. Just want to shout out the person really quickly. It there was we go. Th- thrashed TV at oh, Thrashed TV I love saying them. free Kerval, Kerval or Ingfoot. Ingvo- oh, yeah. Ingfoot and Kerval. <laughs> Kerval or Ingfoot. Yeah. Yeah, Ugh. that's what they tweeted. Sorry, that took forever. <laughs> every every time I see, every time I see Kerfoot's name, like uh, you know, just if he gets a goal or if he gets an assist, I always think of that scene in the Lord of the Rings where it's like that one guy is like, round feet, <laughs> curve feet. <laughs> By the way, shout out to uh, Craig Simpson on the broadcast who apparently pulled Sergey Samsonov out of retirement to play net for the Leafs. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> is, he, is he still is 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 Simpson the one that's the huge uh, Rangers homer or is that uh, Simpsons is just one of the anti Canadian teams. Mm-hmm. Sergei Samsonov is a scout for the Carolina Hurricanes now. Yep, interesting. I remember him as a as a high high like high valued prospect for the Bruins. But he know. won the Calder. Mm-hmm. So did Andrew Raycroft. So I know a lot of players (laughs) in the NHL, guys, current NHL, and I've never heard of. Yeah, ooh, so smart, right? But no, I've never heard of Josh Mahora, Mahua, who the fucka? Because when he scored in the end of first period, making it three two, I was like, "Come on, Murray, weak." This is another example of the top top of the cage, opposite side. Murray was nowhere to be found where the puck actually entered the, the net. And I don't know. It just kind of caught me off guard because it was like Marhua, um, assisted you've by Buddhists. Heard, and I don't know, guys. You've Ma- never heard Mahura? of Josh Mahura because he's played since 2018 in Anaheim and has played a total of like 70 something games there over four years. And then this is 45 games with Florida this year is the most he's ever played. Yeah. Third round pick of the ducks in 2016. I mean, he's having a good season. He's got uh, 10 points, which is three more than he's ever had in a season. So that's a third of his entire career so far. (laughs) So yeah, Mm. there's, there's no reason you would have heard of this guy. Okay. There. but <laughs> sorry i'm not trying to be mean but no, like no. that makes sense i'll ask our friends at the late arrivals uh ducks podcast about <laughs> mahua this is steph you have me thinking i thought you said ahura for a second i thought you're talking about the character from uh, star trek the original one mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah no 
Sorry. Okay. Uh, never have I ever watched Star Trek or Star Wars. Whoop. So Sasha makes it 4-2, and uh, like we say, next goal wins. And oh boy, did next goal win. So let's talk about how the Leafs flipped the script here and managed to turn things around and win this one. <laughs> Pulling We're Murray hopping. to start. <laughs> yeah, so Sammy comes in and stops everything. Was he playing well, or was it just everybody, the Leafs, you know, flip the pressure around? Sammy played well. Yeah. I mean, he, what yeah. was it? He only like, we, like 10, 11 shots he faced? Yeah. I, I believe it was 11 saves, but there was like, there was quite a few of them that were high danger chances. It's not like it was just, yep, you know, you got this. We're, we're, you're not going to see shots and, and we're going to go win this because we screwed up and played like crap to start the game. Like he had a beautiful sliding across scorpion kick save. Um, a couple awkward ones with the blocker that he had to pull the blocker up right beside his mask to get it, which those ones are super easy to get fooled by. Um, he had to be sharp. Yep. Big glove on fourth lane in the third. Kick there, Bean? <laughs> <laughs> what was that, Dirty? Sorry. Call him the, I said we have to start calling him the Scorpion King. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's still anti Ranta. Honestly, I know we've had our, our questions about who we think is going to be the starter. I'm not going to be mad if i'm wrong or you know happy if i'm right either way like if it's if it's murray or samsonov whoever is playing the best come april and may like i don't really care like i'm I'm just happy that it's a situation where we get you know some some good from one and good from the other uh i i really don't have a preference it's whoever's playing better yeah and they they both bring a different kind of confidence like when murray's on his game he is so cool and so calm back there. And he just like, it's like he has those Stanley cup rings stapled to his blocker, just showing everybody. <laughs> right. And then when just Sammy's the on veteran. Yeah. When Sammy's on his game, you know, he's a little bit acrobatic. He's a little bit unorthodox, but to the point of, you can tell he's having fun back there and the guys are having fun playing in front of him. So they each have their own little quirkiness, but we've we've seen them get hot this season so it's doable and like you said i have all the confidence in the world in both of these guys because we don't need a vasilevsky we just need someone who can give us league average goaltending yeah agreed i will be happy if my uh summer prediction comes true and sammy takes over 1a because honestly i don't know i i have confidence in both uh it's really hard to tell uh, i'm i'm just happy keith made the decision to pull murray and not just give him the whole game to make it up and it was clear that he was not on his game tonight and it happens uh, he doesn't have to be 110 percent every single night i mean we obviously want him to but he's human things happen we have sammy for a reason and it worked out so exactly. i feel like we would have lost if we kept him in on honestly that's so so how did the uh how did the offense and, and everybody turn this around like i mean matthews manages to get the first one there on the power play what what all went down here steph you have notes 
<laughs> yeah, honestly, <laughs> Matthews, just to end the second period, I think there was two seconds left on the clock. Uh, or no, 1.1 left on the clock. And Matthews just taking that shot. And the Leafs' problem, like I've been saying, is not taking the shot. And Nylander finding all the time and space to turn around, finding Matthews inside the hash marks for the one-timer. Marner also mm. getting his franchise record of uh, passing Daryl Settler, who was in the building, making oh, nice. it 19 games in a row at home with points. That's insane. Yeah. So it's just so much was happening, honestly. And right after the goal, it goes into review because what happens? The net comes off. Bob oh. knocks the net off. And we're like, really? Like, we're celebrating here, and this is going to go on? We've already had a handful of penalties, a penalty shot by now, and, like, everything under the sun was happening, kind of like the New Jersey game, in a sense. Oh, lordy. The good so, thing, it wasn't turned over. <laughs> yeah. So we're Matt Murray's probably just watching uh, Bob do that, and he's like that fucking monkey meme where he's, like, looking one way, and then, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> I would never. <laughs> yeah. But this penalty too, um, Czar, uh, Gudis charged him right towards the net and they both went flying. I was worried for Czar's face because Gudis' skate was like an inch away, Oish. like flipping up. And oh my God, Gudis was a beast tonight in general. Nine hits. and he Holy. Yeah. Uh, he definitely took out Ingval and uh, a couple people went after him and like a, a lot was going on. There was a couple brawls, fights uh, at one point. Um, Cousins went after Matthews and <laughs> Bunting just jumped right on him. Uh, and Cousins just flopped to the ground when he tried to cross check him. Actually, he didn't <laughs> even budge. <laughs> but yeah. All right. So just got to speed this up because we've got some stuff I want to talk about. Newlander gets a pair to tie and win it. Oh, my lordy, lordy, lordy. I love this kid. Newlander was looking like Ibrahimovic on the first goal out front of the net. Just a little bop off the top of the bucket. <laughs> yeah. And so in. was this the nice header? Little header? Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. It looked like it dropped from the ceiling and bounced right into the net, like a perfect <laughs> landing. Like everyone was surprised. The commentators like, oh, my God, it went. <laughs> and we're all like, yeah. Good thing it didn't Bob hit his was foot on the way around down, like eh? crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, a uh, good example of Marner just taking the shot and it hits someone, something. It happens to be Nylander's head and it goes in. So, so why does he get credit for that? Because <laughs> it was the last one to hit him. If you're up yeah. front of the net and, and if, if Darty's standing out front and I wire one from the blue line that hits his ass and goes in, he still gets the goal. See, I don't get that. Last one to touch it. <laughs> Unless it's booty, booty, booty. Right? Yeah. Like last one. To... But then you could, if you wanted to go down the rabbit hole, you could say, well, he touched it, but he didn't have possession. Yeah. Like this because whole Because then other line things between... are called off if you don't have possession, right? Like we made offside this whole possession thing, but goals. There's oh my god, I hate this. It's Gary book. Bentman's world, and we're just living in it. You're right. I'm Johnny. done. I'm done. So the way OT. I saw it, <laughs> the way I saw it, Johnny, is his beautiful blonde locks just escaped from his helmet and swished it into the net. All right, that's yes. fantastic. So Punzel, OT. Right. How did OT go? It, it actually went. 
Yeah, in, in my opinion, it went well. He kind of had a hybrid line to start. He started with Camp and Lilligren and Marner. And yeah, we got the puck pretty much right away. And I don't think, I could be wrong, but I don't think they really even touched it in OT. Not really, honestly. And on this play, Nylander's coming from the neutral zone. Um, it's He's all alone and just using his arm to block Verhage and goes right around or in front of Bob and able to just tuck it right past his toe. Like one of those wraparounds that work right in front. Uh, it was great. Uh, lots of toes tonight. Uh. It, Nylander looked like, an, like it looked like an old school Rick Nash goal that you'd see from like a 2007 highlight where he just puts his head down, leans into the defender, cuts out front of the net and tucks it in. Yeah. It was beauty. Well-deserved first star of the game, two goals, one assist and Leafs are eight. Oh and Oh, when their opponents are on the second half of a back to back. So happy to get the two points tonight, especially another stat they showed on TV when we let in four plus goals. Um, we were two, nine and five on the season. So now <laughs> we are three, nine and five. Sweet. <laughs> it's too many games. To it's play. always a relief to win these OT games, right? Like we have such a fucking, hi- sorry for interrupting. No, okay. But it's just like our history is so God awful this year with OT that it's just nice. Like, yeah, does it, does it, feels great to win an OT, eh, boys? <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly. And Florida played last night. Bobrovsky also played last night. So we're hoping for some sort of slowdown, especially facing Buffalo, who's actually been on a losing streak. They, lo- they lost 4-1 uh, last night. But hey, uh, like I said, happy for the two points. And yeah, I only have one last part of a... A question, guys. If you, I think we answered it. Previously. Well, just real quick. Uh, don't look now, but they needed that two points because the Leafs. Uh, I just realized, though they are, uh, four, what's that? Four points ahead of the Lightning. The Lightning have three games in hand. Mm, okay. So, uh, yikes! It's yeah. getting close. We got to keep home ice advantage. But go on. Why? We don't <laughs> win on home ice. But it's. It's advantage. (laughs) Advantage. Advantage. The last time we played a game seven where we actually looked like we were winning, we weren't at home. So, yeah, that's fair. Okay, Steph, what do we got left? Um, So our friend Chris Hurley asks on Twitter, when will they stop jamming a square peg in a round hole with this power play? So Leafs were two for seven on the power play tonight, and they put Morgan Riley back on PP1 in the third period. So what are you guys thinking about this power play? I know we talked a lot about it recently. I mean, two out of seven is 28.6%, and that is uh, would probably put you at first place in the NHL for power play if that was what your league average was. The Leafs are usually about one for five. Um which is about twenty three or twenty two percent. So, I mean, it's it's pretty average. I, I think it's, it's just, just getting. It's because there's seven, right? You seven opportunities. Yep. You feel like you should have more, but it's like across. If you have seven across, you know, three games, it doesn't look as bad if you score two power play goals. Yeah, and I think a lot of people like it's getting a lot of attention because of 
who it is. It's the Leafs. And every time it doesn't work, oh, they need to blow it up. They need to change everything. Like it, it's just that old narrative that's really, really tiring. Because you still, it's a power play. You want your best players out on the ice. Is it going to go against you sometimes? Yeah, absolutely. Everybody gets scored on shorthanded. Like it, it, it happens. Do we like everything that goes on out there? No. But like a game like tonight, at one point you had Riley and I believe Timmons out there on the power play. So like it did. You're going to change things up. And the fact that he has changed things up throughout the entire season, yet I've mentioned it many, many times. If you try different things out, then you can build that familiarity with other players. So heaven forbid there is an injury or someone just has an answer to everything that you've tried before. You know, you can go down to the well to something you tried in game 45 in January that got you that extra goal that you needed, right? Yeah, and I'm just looking, um, wanted to back up my point here. So if the Leafs had a 28.6% or, uh, yeah, about that, they would be third behind the Oilers and Tampa who have 31.3 and 28.8. So the Leafs are currently sitting at a team average of 24.6 on the power play. So, I mean, really, like, again, I think it's just because of the amount of of attempts they have in one game, right? Like, it's frustrating to watch because you look at five power plays and you're like, okay, so let's score three or four goals here. Like, why shouldn't we? And that's easy to to think within one game. But, I mean, once the team gets a, a feel for how your power play is going, it's it's like we said, they, they figure it out and they shut it down, so... I think Leafs Nation was just specifically frustrated tonight because PP won majority of the time they couldn't get set up. And then obviously the shorthanded goal, you know, bounces over Marner's stick and he dives and it goes straight to Lundell because Nylander didn't have his man. He was on the outside of Lundell and didn't stake the inside. So the puck goes straight to him. Um, I don't know. They, I just find a lot of hate on Twitter with this five forward power play. And I think just wasting time, um, not setting up properly or not getting shots through Um, me specifically (laughs) so many lanes. I mean, obviously I'm watching from the cameras, but it looks like there's so many opportunities and there's no shot, which drives me up the fucking wall. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. Uh, I also agree with Bean in the sense that try something that, you know, we know what doesn't work and what works sometimes. And every opponent's different. So some nights we have an awesome, awesome power play. Other nights, they literally cannot enter the zone. And tonight, Florida had like the Great Wall of China on their blue line. Like that was their (laughs) gameplay. Everyone lined up on the blue line and no one could enter the zone. And at one point, Marner tried a drop pass that went straight to a Florida player that led to a three on one up the other way. So I think Florida did an awesome job on their PK, especially they've been given a lot of hate lately for their PK. Fun fact about the uh, Florida Panthers. They have taken the most shots in the entire league this year. Uh, (laughs) weird stat but along with that they have one of the worst shooting percentages in the entire league as a team so they are in the bottom uh, I'm going to say bottom 8 they're shooting a 9.1% as a team they're tied with like Montreal 
at that. So, so what are uh, they like the stormtroopers of the NHL? Just, just under just no aim. <laughs> yeah, it seems like uh, just they're just struggling to find the back of the net, which is weird because they were doing only that last year. Hey, Johnny, weird fact with your comment on facing Tampa in the first round. Mm-hmm. Even if we went to one verse eight in the conference right now in the Eastern Conference, it's still the same opponents as the divisional round. Yep. I mean, every time we check this, it's still the same. It's still Tampa. It's stupid. No, like for the entire Eastern playoffs, not just Toronto. Tampa. Oh, my God. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> so if we went back to one verse eight, it's still the same matchup as it, as it is right now. That's which wild. is kind of weird. Darty, no, what's we up? Know- Oh. Well, also, I just want to add to that. You were searching for a problem that doesn't exist, Bean. <laughs> but uh, oh. I just want to add my, my Sorry, two Steph, cents into this, the situation. Oh, so, uh, just let me just let me oh, finish yeah, this yeah. one quick. I just want to add my two cents into the situation here about so we're talking about the, the uh, I was going to say a pen- penalty, a power kill, but no, the uh, power play was that, uh, it, you know, the shoot the puck crowd is not going to like this ever which I find myself a part of, right? Like, we're always going to be screaming at the TV, yelling, shoot, shoot, goddammit, Morgan <laughs> Riley, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially because he made that comment way early in the season, like, oh, it's very easy to ignore ignore the fucking asshole like me shout and shoot at him, <laughs> which is, like, also annoying because, like, bro, then you know to take the shot. So what are you doing? <laughs> which was, like, you know, to – there was moments like this again. This was a very losable game. There was moments where we should have lost. All right. There's that little fucking prick. What's his name? Uh, Lomberg or whatever. Like yeah. I don't know who this guy is, but at five foot nine, 170 pounds. Like he's literally a little rat. All right. <laughs> wow. he, I don't know. He tried to get his nose into into every single situation tonight, mm, and Matthews. he was annoying. But mm. uh, <clears throat> pretty sure he stole the puck from uh, a lazy Riley Matthew. Result from Matthews, but that entire play was lazy. It was at ten minutes into the second period. It was absolute garbage. I pre- it was either him or somebody else that got a breakaway, and uh, like thankfully that that puck was was stopped. But the, the you, you can't like those are the moments that I feel like a team like if you know if we're playing a Boston or a Tampa, they'll watch that over and over, and they say, okay, these fuckers are going to get lazy. They, it doesn't matter if you're in game seven or or in game one. Like they're this is this is where they kind of get a little cocky. You just go in there and just like uh, just like your Kyle Lowry just stealing the ball and you know he just he just steal that puck and get get right in there, right? So you, these guys can't be lazy. As, as like even Austin Matthews, like he looked like garbage in so many moments there. Like yes, this team they people scored. William Nylander scored. Alex Kerfoot, Dryden Hunt. You know you got assists from um, Marner and. Uh, and Morgan Riley, but it's like these guys had moments of absolute like just like you got to pay attention, keep your head in the game because they had that yeah what is it two of seven we went on, but there should have been one more than one shorthanded goal, you know they had a bit of a, a penalty uh, a power kill on us and uh, we're lucky that uh, you know our goaltending was there for us when we needed it and we're lucky that these guys decided to you know shake off the cobwebs and actually come back and win this game. Hell yeah. Ain't no party like a Maple Leaf party because um, Willie and Austin don't stop, you know? Yeah. Don't stop, and- never give up. That's Club 7. <laughs> <laughs> don't stop, don't give up. Um, what we know for sure is that 
come playoff time and we're talking about Tampa and all and the roster in general, Nick Robertson, unfortunately, uh, we have not talked about this on the pod, but oh, he shit. will have yeah. season ending surgery. Yep. Originally, you know, that shoulder was supposed to be rehabbed six to eight weeks back in the game, but nope. Now he needs six months of recovery after the surgery. And unfortunately, Mac Hollowell fractured his kneecap and that will require 12 oh, weeks sounds- after surgery that sounds yeah. so painful <laughs> right i can't imagine what a fractured kneecap like in the moment Ooh. what that would feel like and just like trying to oh my god that's through those that's pads. That just even reading jo- th- those two words together just Ugh. yeah though i also can't imagine what a what a crushed testicle would feel like oh so. <laughs> <flaky>. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, so just reminds me of a comedy skit, but <laughs> we're uh, we're getting short on time here. But I want you guys to um, hear heads or tails. Shorthanded on time. <laughs> <laughs> heads or tails. Tails. Okay, so tails. We're gonna start with the Philadelphia Flyers. So, um, oh my God, Torts is just showing his dinosaur scales, eh? So it came out that he banned iPads from the bench so the guys wouldn't be distracted by rewatching plays and focus on the game at hand. Is it 2002? Like, what is this what he was brought in to do? Just piss off all the players so that they're so angry that they're just like, either get me out or like, I have to play better so you can get me out. Like, I don't I don't get this how they're letting him just run torts rampant with this. This isn't even the worst thing the Flyers have done. Did you read what was going on tonight? Oh, we're getting there. I just wanted to start with what happened. What happened earlier? Because we missed that. So I wanted to start with with his his banning of iPads because I think this is ridiculous. Because if you want to coach a team and show them their mistakes when they're having a bad season, like what better way than in the moment right after it happens? Because you have the technology provided by the team and it's standard across the league. Say, hey, here's what you did wrong instead of you know, let's get off the the technology boys and and pay attention to the game. Like, yeah. I think, I think he's turning into a modern day Mike Keenan. Nobody can argue that Mike Keenan or John Tortorella are great hockey coaches, but they just they haven't. And I, I if you would have asked me this when he was with the Blue Jackets, I don't think you could have ever, I could have ever thought that I would be saying something like this. Tortorella hasn't evolved with the times. When he was I, with the jackets, I, I think he you're right, like but it did. took a it took a while for him to stop evolving. I feel like he hit a point where he's like, "I know everything now," as yeah. people tend to do in in later years in life. But I feel like it was more recently, and I, you're you're dead on with that. Sorry, I'll interrupt you. Go on though. No, no, like, like I was just gonna say, when he was with Columbus, he seemed like he had really, really kind of just stayed with the game. Players loved him, and even players you hear interviewed that used to play for him, even in Tampa and New York when he was yeah. a dick. They loved him. So I, I'm not sure what's going on. Maybe there's something going on in the room where the guys aren't listening to the coaches and they're more concerned about looking at the iPad. Who who knows? But it, it, it is a bad look. I think his year in broadcasting might have changed his perspective on a lot of things, and he wanted to come back into coaching like, Okay, I'm gonna. I, I'm tired of what all these new guys are doing. I'm gonna go back to basics, 
you know, after taking a step back and looking at it, instead of kind of following suit with everyone and picking, you know, okay, here's what we're doing next. Here's what we're doing next. We're adopting all these things as everyone else does. It seems like stepping away. He was just like, you know what? I was good when I won the cup in 2004. So I'm going to do that shit again when we didn't mm. have iPads. Sorry, Darty, you got your hand up there. I was just, I know Steph's got, Steph's got uh, a really good take on this one, but I was just going to say that I just, you know, as a as a so form of dark humor here, I'm sure Torts was like, you know what, you're supposed to be using the iPads to to watch game film and not uh, and not fucking not Andrew Tate apparently or some some other shit because like you know if we're gonna bring it into today, like what the hell else must the, you know these guys have been watching right? Because I'm pretty sure Tony Cobra D's Dave. on that team. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Tony D'Angelo's on a team. He, we already know, we already know about him. But then I'm gonna bring this one. I'm gonna throw throw the ball over to Steph because uh, some other asshole. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Ivan Provorov, right? Like he's got a bit of a bit of a fucking scandal now too, eh? <clears throat> All I want to say about the iPad thing is that with this attitude, like you said, Roscoe, you know, torts what he knows is what he knows best he's pretty much saying if my eyes didn't see it one way then it's not right and like obviously there's cameras all over utilize the technology like maybe if your eyes didn't see the play the first time around you can utilize the technology to your advantage and see where your players went wrong and see that positioning or pretty much if you take it away you're just like nope my eyes only period and you're taking away this opportunity from the team like how are the players like obviously there's resources back back of the house right but they're there on bench for a reason and it's to aid the team not to work against them they're not playing bubble cash or fucking like pop it or whatever like games on there like they're they're reviewing plays right (laughs) or the world juniors or whatever olympics but so um Exactly. Rick Rally suggested they might have been watching X-rated films. Of but. course. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we got to, yeah, we'll transition over to this. So since this has happened within the last hour and a half, um, TSN, Daily Faceoff, Sportsnet, ESPN, Yahoo Sports, Toronto Sun, Hockey News, everybody has this story immediately. Flyers defenseman Ivan Provorov cites religion for boycott on Pride Night, refuses to wear Pride Night jersey in warm-up, refuses to participate in whatever you want to call it. Flyers had their pregame warm-up for Pride Night, and uh, before I botch this, what was the actual uh, Pride-themed jerseys and sticks wrapped in rainbow Pride tape? So, like I said, I was reading this while I was at work. I haven't actually seen what it looked like, but he said, no, I'm good. And sat this one out and uh, Torts backed him up and said, you know, he cited religion and whatever. The Flyers put out a statement saying that they um, here. Do you have it? Because I don't want to paraphrase this one. Um, yeah, they they pretty much said uh, the Philadelphia Flyers organization is committed to inclusivity and is proud to support the LGBTQ plus community. Many of our players are active in their support of local LGBTQ plus organizations. And we were when we were proud to host our annual Pride Night again this year. The Flyers will continue to be strong advocates for inclusivity in LGBTQ plus community. And I cannot speak English. Sorry, guys. I'm really tired. That's okay. <laughs> so look, um... Provorov is Russian. 
that obviously it, he cited his Russian orthodoxy as the reason for this. Um, it's not a secret. It's not that LGBTQ plus rights are not the same in Russia as they are here. It's not as publicly uh, accepted without getting too political on this. So it's not surprising given that context. It is a little surprising given his age and how long he's been over in North America playing and that he would outwardly like, it seems like there was a fear um, that he would be maybe I'm just going to just speculate, maybe made fun of within Russian circles if he was out doing that. And he chose that over or it's his religion, you know, like he said, over over supporting something that's the team as a whole and being part of a team. And I think when you're in the NHL and you sign up to you sign a contract to be part of an organization like you kind of you have to participate in these things. No, like, I'm, am I speaking out of turn there? Like, I don't think you have to support these, like agree with it. But I mean, to sit it out and make a, a public statement, like you, you kind of got to sit with what comes with that. You know what? I'm going to walk that back. You can have your stance on whatever, but he's going to have to accept the consequences that come with this. Beaner, you want to take over there? Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to kind of be a little long winded here. Um, the beat reporter for the Flyers tweeted out a whole bunch of stuff as well because obviously there was a ton of questions after this. Um, Tortorella was quoted as saying that he did not even consider not playing Provorov because of this and he respects that Provorov is always true to himself and true to his religion. Yeah. Right? Provorov that's a, then that's said... That's a failed, uh, failed attempt there or like a, a missed opportunity to double down on the team's stance and show that you're with the organization instead of your players. Provorov then said, and I quote, I respect everyone. I respect everyone's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. Shout out to Pierre Lebrun. Oh shit. Called him out. Said, but Provorov obviously does not respect everyone. If he did respect everyone, he would have taken part in warm-up and worn the Pride Night jersey. Don't hide behind religion. So shout out to Pierre for calling him out. And maybe I look at this differently because I'm not religious, so I don't have any, like, I I, I, I don't know. That's where but I'm kind of coming from, too, is I, I feel like that's kind of a cover, but I don't know. He's paid multi, like multi-millions of dollars a year to play a sport and to be a role model. You suck it up and you throw it on. Exactly. Like, You're playing in North America. Like, like that's yeah, what I all the like... majors, all of the major sports in North America, and even FIFA has their 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 pride patches that they wear around the world too. Like this, you have to understand that if you're playing in a Western world's professional sport, like this is what comes with that. Is like you, there's certain expectations, and that's uh, I don't know. Like I said, he's just gonna have to accept what comes with this. If like, it it, it just it it looks so bad. Because we have seen many different instances in history where religion is used as an excuse to be a horrible piece of shit human being. Yeah. And everybody's okay with it at the time. And the people who weren't okay with it at the time are the ones who are looked at as weird or odd or outcasts. Like, I'm not going to mention any of those religions or things because we don't need to go that far down the rabbit hole. But, like, just suck it up. Yeah, Throw and, the jersey on. Let 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 the awareness get out there. Sure, you don't agree with it. Then talk to a Russian tabloid 
and make it known that you don't agree with it. Exactly right. right. And that's what I was going to say is that like, it's not like he's saying, you know, he, he came out and said, you know, I respect everyone. It's my religion. It's not like he said, you know, this is something that I don't agree with. So I'm not supporting it. Like he didn't outwardly say, you know, I'm, I'm refusing this because it's not something I agree with. So there is, I guess, a level of, he's not like using his religion as an excuse to. He hundred percent is. Well, like I just, I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt that he's not saying like, like I disagree with this. So he's like the way that he, I don't know. I think there's something to be said about the way he worded it and what he didn't say. Um, I'm not trying to defend him in any way, but like, I get what you're saying that people use religion, of course, as an excuse to, to have the beliefs that they do and to say things. But like the fact that he's not saying anything outwardly hateful and just choosing to recluse himself or reclude himself from it. Like I, I don't know. I'm just kind Here's of, I'm thinking hate. about, I'm talking about this, uh, you know, this is the first time I'm kind of talking openly about it. So Steph, you, you take this. Here's the hate that maybe straight people don't see in this comment that maybe, mm-hmm. you know, is normal. When he says, I respect everyone. I respect everyone's choices. Boom. No, nope, you you're right. are automatically assuming that it's a choice. There you go. No, there right. is the disrespect period. Okay. Like this 495 games played in the NHL. This is the first time this is coming up. What? I don't get that. That's okay. what I was trying to say is like, he's been here long enough that like, th- you got to know the world you're in over here. Like th- you're not back home and you know, you're, you're in a league where every single team has pride night. Yeah, stay in the KHL then, honestly. And that's it. If you don't like this, go back. And I hate to have that attitude, but if you want to be a professional athlete in North America, you have to adopt these. And it's not even like, here's the thing. We're not putting LGBTQ plus community as like the norm. We shouldn't even be having like pride or pride night if this was normalized. Like you think gay people want to be the center of attention all of the time. And, you know, they start every conversation like, hi, my name is Steph and I am a lesbian. Like, no, (laughs) like people do not want to come out every time they interact with someone but it's the rest of the world putting their sexuality first and they label people based on their sexuality first unfortunately religion is the cause of many many horrible things in this world i've said it so many like i went to a catholic school my whole life i'm very aware of what goes on in western society if you were to for example publish the bible with no formal recollection of anything that's within and no one else had you know any knowledge of the bible no publication agency would publish it because it is filth it's full of rape and stoning and you know just like the hordes of this world like (laughs) honestly this whole thing i could rant for hours and hours end of the day it's disrespectful the way he already addressed the media has been absolutely disrespectful and shows his disregard for the lgbtq plus community i don't care if he's russian honestly he needs to get the fuck out if he doesn't change his mind 
That's yeah, and I, I just I just want to say I wasn't I'm not trying to in any way defend him. I'm just trying to contextualize and and um just maybe de-escalate a bit from where it was going, but just because he hasn't said too much, it's more his actions that we're talking about. But you're you're absolutely right. Like I don't have his quote right in front of me to see that, you know, he used the words like the choice, which you're right, is a massive, massive point of that. So he is hiding behind religion, and unfortunately, people use that as their security blanket to, yep. to the actions they do in this world, and it's horrible. Um, <laughs> and I hope he changes. I hope the backlash at the end of the day will make him realize something from a different perspective, just because at the end of the day, you're choosing something versus people who are living and breathing in front of your face in this world. And you choose on the odd chance it's going to piss off God to, you know, treat people like shit. Yeah, 4,000% the wrong move by him here. And I'm interested to see what the Flyers do because of how Torts handled this. Yeah, Um, I think that's going to be the biggest thing. Darty, I now see you and you've got a finger up. What's up? You're muted. I was muted, sorry. <laughs> I was going to steal a bit of the show here. Steph, I want to call her Saint Fanalist, all right? Because uh, she fucking killed it, martyred herself up there to let people know that, hey, that this is not fucking appropriate, all right? And, you know, you can hide all you want, but it doesn't change the fact that, like, one, this, by the way, this situation is not new. And I'm not talking about, you know, gay bashing or hatred in general. What I am talking about is in June 6, 2022, five Tampa Bay Rays, Tampa Bay Devil Rays to our boy Johnny, <laughs> declined to wear an LGBTQ plus uh, logo on their jersey, all right? So it's not like, he's not, Provorov is not making a stand that has not happened in the past year, all right? <clears throat> Which is very sad to say. So I, that might be where he's getting um, his ideas from because I said these five, you know, Devil, Devil Rays, Tampa Bay Rays players all uh, made it was pretty big in the news that they did not want to uh, to wear the uh, LGBTQ Pride uh, logo. It's just a logo too on the jersey. It wasn't like a full jersey designed uh, for that. Um, and they all uh, used uh, you know religion to hide behind religion as their excuse for not doing so. But one of the things I want to point out with in regards to, to using this is like one, nobody's asking Ivan Provorov to go out there and suck face with Tony D'Angelo, all right? They're asking him to, I am. <laughs> what they're yes, asking I am. him to do is is to wear a, you know, a, a celebratory participation ribbon type jersey in a way because they're not going to play the game in it. It's just like a, a throw it away jersey just like the rest of it. No offense, but that's what it is. Just like it's kind it's of probably a cooler jersey than the one they wear anyway. <laughs> like but they said, like, no offense, it's just like it's just a small tribute, right, to uh LGBTQ. And and it's not I said it's not even necessarily supporting it and is more saying that hey, I don't think that it's appropriate to have kids kids and people in that community be bullied for for their, you know, affiliation, right? For what the, you know, the whatever whatever that may be. This is the LGBTQ plus, right? There's so many different um, um, things that fall under that spectrum. I right? was just saying that people should, people don't deserve to live, you know, a comfortable life without being judged for their, you know, things that happen to them naturally or, or, or what, or what have you. Right. You know, so Steph's saying it's not a choice, right? Like at the end of the day, like you can't choose, you know, you can't choose that, but you can choose whether you can be a dick to somebody. Right. And that's kind of yes. the point that Steph was trying to make there is that right. At the end of the day, 
you know, it's it's it takes very little to not be a dick, right? I so said that, that that gay kid didn't didn't get to choose to be gay, but you chose to to make him feel like shit. So, sorry, I'm not as eloquent as Steph, but I said this. I want, unfortunately, this is not new in the sporting world. It's sad that it's still very recent. This type of uh, boycott, and it's just one of those things. It's just it's 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 so cheap, right? It's such a simple gesture that by making such a big deal about it, it's actually it's 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 insane you know what i mean like it's such a simple like it's a pittance of a gesture you know you're just wearing the jersey for a few moments and you said you're not going out there sucking face with tony d'angelo you're going out there to say hey i don't want kids being bullied i don't want people in that community being bullied okay they deserve they deserve to to, to live you know life liberty and the pursuit of happiness call me crazy no you're right uh i won't call you crazy i'll call you canadian though and i think uh <laughs> again just everybody has has done has said a lot of great things on this. And um, I just want to reinforce that. Thank you, everybody. And thank you, Steph, for for your thoughts on this. Because again, I'm, I'm kind of just doing this live as as we're figuring it out. Um, but yeah, I think something that we take for granted is, is being in a country where th- the social situation has been a little more stable over the last uh, couple of years. I think things down there have been shaken up a lot uh, very recently. And there's you know, there's people you can look to that are are like figureheads of being of being contrarians and against these these norms. So, you know, it's why you've got guys like Tony D'Angelo and Tyler Bertuzzi that we've talked about tonight. So, I think it's it's something that's really different uh, with the current climate we're in, and it's unfortunate. And I think it, it's so simple, like everybody said, it's so simple to just be kind instead of making an effort to um, stand against things that are are just trying to be accepted alongside you. Yep. He's asking for the backlash now, so let him have it, honestly. Let him yep. have it if he has the balls to be the only one to refuse this for 5 minutes of your life, which makes a yeah. huge statement, right? So Yeah, and then again, I just I'm interested to see how the Flyers handle this because Torts has obviously been uh, like we've talked about, it's not not been great there. He hasn't really turned things around or whip the guys into shape the way that he was supposed to. Um, and things are, are getting worse. And now this, and now the way that he handled it and saying that, you know, we respect his religion and his choice, but that's really not what the flyer statement was. So I think somebody's getting a call into the owner's office and saying, um, okay, the iPad thing made you a dinosaur. This makes <laughs> you like, we're turning you into fuel for my Porsche tomorrow. <laughs> now like, you are fossil fuels. It's it's insane. And uh, I just, I wish the best for um, the rest of the Flyers organization. I hope they can turn things around and get out from under these, these things that are just keeping them in the past. Man, that's, that's all. That's all. Well, that's where I want to end with the Flyers. Well, I see what you're saying, Johnny, about how like some people could see this as like a like if anybody's seen Seinfeld, how like Kramer didn't want to wear the AIDS ribbon and everybody lost his mind. He's like, oh, I don't, I don't not support AIDS. I just don't want to wear the AIDS ribbon. It's like you know, in, in some ways, I can see where that where that that comes from, right? But at, at the, I don't at, even think I was going that far. <laughs> I was just saying that like I don't think he was he wasn't saying like I don't like this. He's just saying yeah. like I'm I'm just my religion. I'm just no. But that's it's still it's cowardly. Still. It's exactly right. It's like he doesn't have to say. By the way, I don't. I hate gay kids. But it's just one of those things. It's like, but yeah, but you can't even show a small gesture, right? Like the smallest gesture. Like <laughs> it's just it's just sad. Like come on, like you gotta be bigger sometimes. I don't know. 
Yep. Actions speak louder than words, right? You know, he can say very little and then do and not do this. And that just says everything that we needed to know. So. And a part of the problem, too, when you read the comments, it doesn't matter if it's about this topic or any pride night to do with sports. Tons of homophobia and specifically to this uh, event, um, they're saying, oh, the guy is flexing his First Amendment right and his, his it's his choice. Like, you guys have a choice, so why not let this guy have a choice? Blah, blah, blah. But it's like, I don't know. This is... You, if you have this thought, you are a part of the culture that builds the homophobes. You are a part of the culture that supports their hate. And even if you're not the one saying, I don't like gay people, but you say, I just don't want to see it, for example, you are still a part of the culture that supports hate against LGBTQ plus people. Sorry, I'm just, but I'm you just want us say, to be the same as everyone else? I don't know. Anyway, sorry, I'll stop. No, no, no. I was just going to say, if your statement has to, has to be backed up by the First Amendment, 99% of the time, I don't give a shit what you're about to say. Like, mm. <laughs> if it has to, if it's like, I'm flexing free speech, great. I don't care what you have to say then. Like, if, if that's your only um, support for what you're about to say, like, no, thank you. Okay, yeah. No, I agree with that. Um, so this has been long, but uh, next time we should talk about um, the disaster <laughs> that is the Vancouver Canucks. Because what the fuck happened there? <laughs> next time, Thursday, Lon leaves late night. Come on back. Thank yeah, you um, just a little preview for anybody who missed it. They had a press conference and basically said uh, no one's going to be here next year. And uh We've basically hired a new coach, even though we haven't fired our current one. Hmm. Hmm. Huh. So we got to talk about where uh, where Horvat and Patterson and Hughes like what are they mo- what are they planning on moving here? Like, holy shite! All right, that's it. That's it. That's all. Anybody want to end with anything? Thank God, um, Rachel Dory got out of there. Now, <laughs> yeah, since it's honestly, now after midnight. Happy birthday to former Leaf captain Sill Apps, who was born on this day back in 1915. Oh, wow. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Sill the thrill. Sil. But, uh, he's, he's from Paris, where I went to high school. So, yeah. Nice. Cool. I'll, always had a, always been one of the captains I've liked. A lot. He won three cups with the Leafs. He was a veteran. Nice. So, you know, all Paris a great guy. Nice I'm pretty sure the fo- first phone call ever made happened there, if I remember correctly. Or one oh, of them. Used to be where... a nice little town. Now it's way overpopulated. Is that where Bell's from? No, that's Brantford. Mm. Um, so if you're still here, thank you for listening to this. This was not a, a easy one. There was a lot of stuff we had to cover here. Um, thanks for sticking around and thanks for being with us. We appreciate you. Yeah. And check out the inside the rink.com for all your pre and post game articles and merch. Oh yeah. We got some good stuff there. Like it'll make you look very sexy. Heck Facts. yeah. Facts. Um, is this gonna work? Is it, is it almost is as sexy it? as Marty Zilstra? Facts. Watch this. Is it going to work?
No. No, it doesn't. Goodbye. <laughs> okay, we have to jump back on and record because um, just scrolling Twitter since we hopped off here, I found a tweet from an hour ago. So uh, Matt Larkin, uh, Matt Larkin Hockey, who's a managing editor and senior editor, senior writer at Daily Faceoff, um, tweeted out, this is on the Flyers as much as it is on Provorov. Host Pride Night, learn of the player whose religion preaches hate towards community supported by Pride Night. Learn that player rejects Pride Night. Let him play. What a slap in the face. So Dr. Christopher Wells replied to this. So Dr. Christopher Wells is Canada Research Chair for the Public Understanding of Sexual and Gender Minority Youth, uh, editor at JLGBT Youth, and co-founder of Pride Tape. So the Ooh. tape that they use for Pride Night, Okay. The team has their values. He has his own. We don't want false allies. Would much rather people uh, have people wear the pride jersey and use pride tape only when they stand behind the message. Maybe the Flyers should have two pride nights this year. So that is an int- what? What do you think of that? Coming from the person who is actually like putting together this, or at least part of putting this together and creating pride tape here. Like... <sighs> I'm not surprised, honestly. It is what Provorov did tonight is honestly the biggest slap in the face. And it's so disrespectful. So, so, so. It doesn't matter where you stand. Like, the guy who created Pride Tape, obviously he doesn't want any bigots or people who don't believe to wear the thing. Like, But I I think this is like an interesting aside to it that like we were talking a little about like, you know, he should just he should be part of what the team is a part of. But I think this is a, a whole other side where it, it's he should just not be involved. He shouldn't be forced to be and be a false ally and just kind of be sat out of the whole thing. No, like I don't. Yeah, this is where it gets tough. And I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to speak. I'm, I'm kind of bringing this up because I want your opinion on on the whole false ally thing, because like I'm not I'm not gay, so I, I don't have that perspective. So, I don't know. We don't have to use this. I can cut this, but I'm just, I thought this was interesting. It's the same deal when corporations plaster themselves with pride rainbow flags in June and then take them down July 1st. Like, it's political. It's for money. And I don't know. I'm I'm just, I'm just exhausted at this point. Like... It's, yeah, honestly, here, we don't have to use this because I don't want to tire you out talking about games. No, stuff. it's okay. I just mean on the topic in general, not even hockey related, just in life, in this world, like another thing in 2023 in Canada where we give safe refuge to so many people who claim uh, refugee protection for the same thing, like immigration, like, oh, guys, like. Stay in the KHL if you don't want to be in the NHL and support all of these things. But are you going to force I'm, them? I'm going to try to pull you back here because I don't want you to go off on the same thing that we were talking about before. I want to pull this kind of more specific to to the Flyers and to this Pride tape thing. So what do you think would have been the right course of action to for Provorov tonight? Like, Do you agree with the original tweet here from Matt Larkin that he shouldn't have played the game at all because a lot of people are saying, you know, he's he's a player, he's contracted to play, he should play, whether the he agrees with what the league is putting on or the team is putting on that night. Now, how, like, where do you think the the line should should end for Provorov? Like, what 
to what degree do you force this on somebody or pull them away from it entirely? Like, I, I just, this is what I struggle with here is like, can you sit a player for this? And can you force them into, into representing something that they don't agree with I think and being this, a false ally? Mm-hmm. I think this goes back to like the first amendment comments and saying literally like, do you force them or do you just go with the flow? But if you're going to be a part of an organization who is proud to support the community and they stand for so many things and you sign that contract saying, I am proud to be a part of this organization, I think there has to be some sort of backlash in the sense where not even backlash, maybe sit without pay. Maybe that money goes so- to the the same fund where, you know, there's a... Um, there's a fine or, or whatever, and that same money goes to the or to the NHL. See, but here's where here's where you risk getting the PA involved because you can't you can't punish players for their beliefs. What I think you can do here is, and I'm not I'm not trying to say we should hide um, hide this, but I think it's almost one of those things where, like, if we didn't know this about Provorov, did we need to know about it about Provorov? No, not really. Like, I'm sure there's other players that have these opinions that we don't need to know. Darty, I'll get to you in a sec. I just want to uh, make this one point. Um, if you're the Flyers and you tell the team that they're, you're doing this and Provorov pulls somebody aside and says, I'm not I don't like I, I can't. I don't want to. I don't like I don't support it. Whatever it is that he said. From the Flyers management perspective to avoid all of this. Why do you not just healthy scratch him and just make the whole story never happen in the first place? Like, why have him sit out the skate and then play? The Flyers aren't good. They're not playing for a playoff spot. Having Provorov in tonight doesn't do fuck all for the team. Like, it's not even like he's been playing well. Like, (laughs) they're not they're not going for they're fighting to lose, if anything. So taking him out is a good thing. So I just don't understand why from a management perspective, they didn't just avoid this whole shitstorm unless they're trying to use this as some low key way to get Provorov out because they have had problems with him and they did sign him and it has gone south. So maybe this is some way to to, to try to have another reason um, apart from his bad play to say, look, we got to we, we don't want to move forward with this. We got to get him out of here. It's a good uh thought process sorry darty's frozen on my end so if you have something to say <laughs> go at it darty you're muted oh, again okay oh no so i just left a little pause there in case you do need to cut but uh i was gonna br- i hate bringing up false equivalencies and and uh um you know apples and oranges but i just i was thinking about it and it's like in my head i'm like would we have the same level-headed reaction to this if someone was boycotting, you know, hockey fights, racism night, or, you know, like, isn't this just at the end of the day, it's just, it just seems like a, a slippery slope for, for the NHL as a whole, you know, not like as an organization. Right. And, uh, it just doesn't seem, it just doesn't seem, it just, it just leaves a really bad taste and, and I guess my mouth and I'm sure definitely in, in the mouths of, of people who, you know, are part of the LGBTQ plus community. Right. Because, at the end of the day, I said that it's not about saying that, you know, he's not about, no one's, I said, no one's asking him to be gay. What they're asking him to do is say, Hey, you, we just want you to show that, you know, show your support so that like, you know, people 
people who are in this community like deserve the rights. I said life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. All right. It's nothing, nothing crazy about that part of the American ideals. No one's saying, Hey, go out there. And if you wear this pride flag that, you know, you're officially gay, you're part of the gay club, right? No one's telling Provorov that they're just saying, Hey, don't, don't be hateful, you know, just, you know, but again, I, I, I saw what you were saying with the, the, um, the representative of the, uh, uh, the LGBTQ representative who responded to that that comment saying that oh we don't want you as part of the community don't, I totally totally get that as well but again like I always say like you can't know what's what's in someone's heart right there's probably definitely people out there who are wearing you know pride flags on these on these sort of nights who don't necessarily support it but I don't it said like it's just my mom you know my mother always taught me if you don't have anything nice to say don't don't say anything at all right and and it's one of those things where <clears throat> you know if uh, if Provorov wants to be, you know, in the closet about his uh, support for the uh, LGBTQ community, then like, you know what, like, it's all, you know, your support is for the is for the kid in the closet who can't be who he is, right? I know you're, you're saying that, you know, one of these one of these people is actually oppressed, right? You know, the the, the kid who, who can't who can't come out because he's going to get made fun of, or he's going to be, you know, tortured, I guess, and in, in some places of the world, it's still very much relevant, right? That that saying that I know here in, in North America, the, most of the times, you know, it's you're gonna get teased, maybe bullied, but in some place in the world, you will literally be killed for being gay. You'll be killed for being divergent in whatever way, right? You don't, you can just be queer. You just be a little bit, you know, you don't have to be, you know, lesbian or gay or bisexual. You can just be, you know, a little bit different on the sexuality scale and they'll fucking beat the shit out of you or tort torture you or, or, or murder you, right? Here, you know, we, we get the privilege of, you know, maybe just getting bullied or teased online and whatnot. So it said like, you know, he, he, he's out here thinking like, oh, I gotta, you know, I have to hide my Christian beliefs. Well, it's like you're doing this night for the kids out there who have to, you know, hide and be afraid of, of being who they are. You know, it's like, it's just, I don't know where I'm going with this tangent, but it's shit. All right. <laughs> no, and I, I think honestly, the best course of action for the entire league, and it's not going to happen, uh, but tomorrow, every single team should be uh, sent a memo that by the end of next week, you are required to have sensitivity training with the entire team because we as a league, uh, have our stance all of the teams have their stance let's make sure all of the people that you have in your organization are supporting that same stance because that's what we with hockey fights cancer uh hockey's for every everyone pride night like all of these things that's what hockey is the nhl is trying to promote is that this is a game for everyone and uh they can't have people under contract within their organization that are outwardly against that like there's a difference between like you said there's people there's there's people that could go out there and wear these things and we don't know the, what they have in their heart, right? Like they could, they could be on the line of like, I don't get it, but I'm not going to tell people what they can and can't do. Like, you know, it's, it, there's different levels of, of acceptance. And I feel like there's, this is a, a small fraction of people that, that don't accept and want it to be known that they don't, because that is a different subset of people. Like you can not, be okay with something. And like you said, if you don't have anything nice to say, you keep it to yourself or you, you say it behind closed doors to people that agree with you. That's a kind of person, but you know, to, to outwardly to the public, make it known that you are against something. You, like I've said a couple times now, he's, he's going to have the backlash for it. And he's got to accept that. Yeah. And let me put it into this perspective. That sounds really bizarre, but honestly it's equivalent in my, in my mind. Imagine if a team like they did, the Leafs had Black Lives Matter 
shirts before practice warm-up right obviously there's a cause and it's race related and uh, police corruption etc but just pinpointing race and then somebody said no my dad is a kkk member i cannot wear this shirt and how how outraged would the public be because this is not accepted especially here like um, we do not segregate based on race anymore. Like this is an old idea from 60 plus years ago. And this would be absolutely bizarre. But when it comes to, you know, LGBTQ plus people, it's like they're still allowed to have a second thought on the topic. And I don't know. To yeah. me, it's bizarre. It's that uh, that's the equivalent for me. That's how it makes me feel. If someone straight up said I cannot wear that bml shirt because of i am a kkk member like that is utterly bizarre to me but yeah and it's it just goes to show where we are as far as as progress right like it takes a really long time for things to make their way into into what's accepted and you know i think we've barely made it on either of those things like it's still so much of a struggle for for people unlike i mean fucking i guess me you know not just I'm just you know I'm not <laughs> that came out in a weird way but like you know what I'm trying to say my example was very extreme so please people do not roast me for it I'm just trying to put it out there but yeah, sorry, yeah. go ahead I need to put a disclaimer we're not gonna section anyway. we're not gonna roast you because uh, Steph I want to speak on behalf of all the uh, the straight white <laughs> men in this uh, in this group to, and uh, I guess all of colored men as myself uh, that uh, we might not be the most educated in these uh, topics and we may have said something that's off kilter so to the audience or and to yourself as well that I do apologize on behalf of us that was so that we don't know everything and we're not always gonna say the right things but you know if we had to to um, just go over our statements, our previous statements, one that we support, you know, yourself, Steph, and then other people in the, in the LGBTQ plus community. All right. And you're not going to find any haters in this group, right? With Roscoe, uh, myself, oh, um, and uh, all the other members of, of this cast. All right. And I, you can only, we can't imagine what, you know, someone like you must feel when you hear some shit like this, because as small as it might be, you know, to a guy like uh, Provrov, who just thinks he's just making, I said, he's just, you know, he thinks that he's in the closet being oppressed, right? Like, I can't express my Christianity. Like, he thinks his small stance is oppressing everybody. But it's like, you know what? Like, at the end of the day, like, it, as small as it seems, it, this, you know, this is just another, you know, chip on, on, on your shoulder, right? When you, you know, you go to work and the next day you hear shit like this. It doesn't make you feel good. It doesn't make people in your community and, you know, the kids and even the, the adults feel good about this, right? So I said on behalf of myself and everybody else here on the show that we might not know the right things to say all the time, but we, at the end of the day, regardless of what we have said, one, we apologize for our ignorance, and two, that, you know, we, we support you, Steph, all right? Because, you know, Aww. we love you. I mean, I can't, f I don't know how the fuck to follow that up, but I mean, I second, <laughs> <laughs> I second that, and oh I'm just glad God. that we, we have, like, an open discussion about these things, because, you know, like, I, I catch myself sometimes, too, like, I, I try to be as uh as educated as i can on things like this and and try to say the right things but you know it's it's always a learning experience so you know thank you for for sharing everything you did and i know it's it's not easy like I, there's things that we we all have that we don't have to share on a, a hockey podcast every night so um so thanks for that 
Oh, I thank you guys for being so open-minded and awesome, honestly supporting me through everything and this podcast. Like, And just know, just because I identify doesn't mean I know all of the right answers. I'm just talking from experience and from life experience in general, my job. I know I've, and like, I don't know, it's, it's been a lot and you, you kind of call me off guard now. I'm at a loss for words with all of your <laughs> kind kindness. So thank you guys. Now I love you guys, but it's, it's just an unfortunate fact, like over 70 countries in this world still perse- persecute people for being uh, LGBT plus and like, it's sad and no, I'm just lucky to be in Canada and have an awesome cast like you guys. So thank you so much. And it's funny to flip the script on it because like, I'm just thinking like if I were to sit here and have to talk just me about the plight of the, the straight white male, I'm like, how do I talk for like a fucking entire group like that? Like, so I, I, I just, I'm sorry that you have to do that as uh, as a part of that community. You know, it's just, Oh my God. Yeah, like I said, like I don't have all the right answers and everyone's so different. It's such a spectrum. Like I only represent a very, very, very tiny percent of the population and everyone's experiences are different. I'm very fortunate in my life to be accepted, but it has not never been this easy. So I understand and yeah, I hope for the better and hope for change. And I don't know, I I believe human rights human rights treat people people equally uh treat people how you want to be treated um i am atheist so i do not believe in a god so just listening to this kind of makes me like i have the mindset like i can't take you seriously (laughs) if if you do sort of thing but i don't judge people if that's your security blanket what gets you through life your faith go ahead by all means i've been there i done that i did all my Catholic rituals up until university days. And now I'm here. So we all have our reasons. But yeah, 30. I just wanted to end off with a lighthearted story because I've been saying this statement a couple of times now. And, you know, this this whole stuff we're talking about at the end of the day makes people feel like crap. So I wanted to end up with a funny story, <laughs> make fun of Darty here. Yes. So when I was a young when I was a young lad, I went to Old Navy in the States and there were some good deals and they <laughs> – you know, I was, I was talking about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, I went to the States, and there's deals on tank tops. It was like, you know, four, five tank tops for, you know, a dollar each. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get some tank tops. And I swear, I, like, glanced at one of the tank tops. I was, like, maybe 12 or 13 years old, right? So I was a, you know, I was a young boy and fully in my toxic masculinity, just like, you know, you know, boys rule, girls drool, right? So <laughs> I was looking at these tank tops. These, these, you know, I was going to grab a couple of them, and one of them, I swear to God, it said, I – I thought it said life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Okay. I was like, oh, cool. It's going to be, it's, you know, it's a very American tank top. I go and wear it uh, weeks later without realizing, you know, actually fully reading it. My reading and comprehension skills have not improved clearly <laughs> since then. I go and wear this tank top at a pool party with uh, a lot of cute girls and, you know, some, some handsome lads. And uh, I went to this pool party, you know, bright page of 12, 13. And what do I know? You know what the damn shirt said? <laughs> Life, oh, no. life, liberty, and the pursuit of boys. <laughs> it was for, it was like a, it was. For, it was oh. I grabbed it from the girls section of Old Navy, so so you know. Dirty they was, say everyone is a little gay. 
Dirty. Oh my lord, that's hilarious. Dirty thought he was he was trying to pick up some girls that night, but you know what? Dirty was Dirty was going after the lads. All right, he didn't realize nice. it. But. <laughs> I love all you guys. That's that's my funny story. Okay. All right, and with that, hopefully this works. It's not going to work. Bye bye. Thanks everyone. <laughs>